Hi, this is Hugh Greenwood from the North Melbourne Footy Club, and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Here is your host, Dean Basich. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Basic. You can find me on X at hashtag Kangas, Instagram hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, TikTok hashtag Kangaroos One. So tonight I've hopped on the bandwagon and got a couple of guests on to go through our best 23 together. Um, so I've got Siobhan Rowe and Jesse to go through their best 23. There was a lot of discussion, a lot of, not so much debate, it was a friendly uh, debate and talk about our probably list and where that's at. Um, what we expect in uh, with certain players, and and we also uh, talked about a few veterans at the end and what role they might play this year. So let's not waste any more of your valuable time. It was a long episode. Let's bring on Jesse and Siobhan to talk about their best 23 for 2024. So tonight I welcome back to the show Siobhan and Jesse. Now we are at the point that point of the year where we are talking about our best teams. It's still quite early and a lot still has to play out, but uh, I'm curious to know your best 23s at this stage, you two. Now, we will go through our teams and then maybe have a debate about certain players. Also, at the end, probably talk about some experienced players um, and what role they might have this year. But uh, we'll go to you, Jesse. We'll start with you and go through your back six. All righty. So, look, in terms of the team I've put together, um, I've put... I've kind of done something a little bit different. I've put the team that I would 100% have, and then I've put the team that I I like, but I think North Melbourne will go. But my back, my back mm. line is pretty much exactly the same. So I think Callan Dawson is an absolute shoo-in. Um, should have played more games last year. Don't know how he didn't. You know, they were playing midfielders over him at some stage, which was just bizarre. Um, I think he showed enough. He's pretty much our key man while we're mm. waiting for... Um, for Logue to come back. So Callan Dawson for me, I've got him at full back. Uh, I've got uh, Aiden Core on the assumption that he makes it back from injury. <laughs> if he doesn't, then if he doesn't, then I'm very, very torn between. I'm probably going with Pink. I, I, I didn't see a lot of him in the practice match, but I saw a, a bit of him last year and he seemed to show signs. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Core and just hope that, fingers crossed, that his body for once in his career can hold together. Um, my Now, I've gone a third tall. I've gone Charlie Common. Now, mm-hmm. the other two, like Pink, obviously more experienced as a backman. Um, but I think there is something in Charlie Common playing in all of the practice matches on the weaker side at fullback. I think that kind of, they've they've pretty much thrown him up against a much stronger forward line, Larky being one of them, in practice matches. Now, Larky's kicked a few goals. That's always going to happen. But if we're not going to play him down back and we're going to play him in the VFL to learn the back for half a year, just play him up forward. Um, Like he looks, we saw him. He he looks fit. He's, He's... absolutely shredded he's ready to go if they're not don't waste time with him just put him down back and make him learn he can't be any worse than playing Aiden Bonner down back um give him a crack play him in the side if it doesn't work out play him forward so look I've gone the three of them and I think North will actually uh, I think North will actually do that uh so they're my three key defenders I, the reason of obviously with with core he can play a little bit smaller uh he's going to be the only one with any experience down there who knows how to defend um so I kind of don't want him playing on the number one to, the forward so he can tell the others what to do uh in terms of run I've gone Sheasel off the half back line now I know Ooh. that they've played him a little bit up the ground uh, as I've said, my utopia is him playing Toby Green role up forward, and I think he's capable of that. But we haven't seen him play forward at all in these practice matches. It's pretty much been off the half back line and then a little bit on the wing and midfield. Um, so he's kind of gone between those roles. Uh, in the interclub he had on the weekend, or during two, two days ago, was it? Or yesterday? Um, he exclusively off the half back line was what I was told. So I think he plays off the half back line. Uh, Zach Fisher, assuming that he doesn't do a hammy, I've got him as well as the, as another runner. Um, Looked like he was in pretty good Nick before doing that hamstring strain. Uh, 
assuming he is fit, I, I think he gets a go at it. You know, you bring someone into a club on, I know it's not a lot of money, but it's a long contract. You've got to give him a go. Um, and for my third, uh, I've gone Josh Goda. Um, reason for that is I'm, I'm, look, I'm a big fan of what he can do. I think some of the comments about him are, are a little bit silly on, on uh, social media. Uh, I, I do. He was a decently high draft pick. I rate him. I think he's got pace. Um, I think he is genuinely a pretty good kick, albeit some, sometimes last year he, he didn't do a few hacks, but, you know, that is the pressure coming off our half-back line. Um, I also think that he probably is going to be able to defend more than the other two. Now, I don't have a lockdown defender there um, because I just I just haven't seen one in the practice matches put their hand up um, to really <laughs> show anything. So... Uh, in terms of gaps, if you ask me what the gap is, it'd be that someone stands up and um, can actually play a lockdown def- small defender role. Yeah, no, it's back six. pretty similar back six to me. So, yeah, no, that's um, – only difference I've got is Bailey Scott to Zach Fisher. Um, but uh, the other three, yeah, Dawson, Core, Combin. Yeah, Combin looks, looked uh, really good yesterday. Took seven intercept marks. So that's um, that might be his role uh, for this year. And uh, Siobhan, we might as well go to you and your back six. Yeah, no, that was really interesting to hear, Jesse. I think the most interesting part of that was no Luke McDonald, um, which I, I also don't have Luke McDonald in the back six, which in itself presents a real dilemma because he's a co-captain of the side. He's not playing in the back line. Where is he playing? So that's a really mm. interesting thing that none of us have McDonald in our best 23, maybe on the bench. But, yep, super interesting um, there. I think the the key difference I have from um, Jesse and, and yourself, Dean, is um, I have Colby McKercher playing off half back. Um, I think Sheezer will play forward, um, and I think they'll they'll probably um, utilize McKercher in the back half. Um, and I also think that personally, for the start of the year, they might go the three sort of tall. So um, instead of playing a, a Goda, I think they might go Dawson, Pink and Combin and see how that goes. Um, just depending, I think that'll rotate between who we play. Um, it is super tall, but at the same time, Combin is a lot more agile than Dawson and Pink. Um, so for example, Good Friday, you would think they'd probably want um, maybe three talls to counteract Carlton's talls and then even against the Giants in round one, depending on the side that they um, come up with, that maybe we'll go with that sort of setup. But I, I think we also need to run out of there. So um, the likes of Fisher and McKercher, um, Goda, um, I think are probably in my my best 22 too. So, um, yeah, that, it's, a, it's a really interesting debate because I think a lot of players can filter through there. Um, but personally, mm. I see McKercher probably replacing um, Sheasel in that halfback role um, just with his skills and smarts and pace. I think he'll fit in there beautifully. And I think they'll probably do the same with Fisher um, and then go the big blokes, um, Dawson, Core, who probably – is again that more than likely taking that second or third tall, um, not having too much responsibility on his shoulders with the the main man down there. Um, but I think that the guy we we're forgetting about too is Griffin Logue. Um, when fit, he comes straight back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's clearly alongside Core, the probably the best and most experienced defender we've got. Um, so yeah, and it'll be so interesting to see how Combin goes. I think everyone probably thinks he's starting round one, but do they make a change and send him back forward if? If something happens, we get an injury or he's not thriving in the back half. Who knows? He's probably the wild card we've got up our sleeve this year, which nice to know we've got one. Mm, yeah, very interesting. Now, you, you, we did mention – oh, you both did mention Luke McDonald and uh, you, you don't have him. Mm. Um, could he possibly move up to a wing? Um, yeah. Because I think our back line looks yeah. a lot better without him there. Yeah. Oh, look, I, the reason I don't have him there – just to answer that firstly is he obviously hasn't had a preseason. He's been injured. You know, I, I saw him doing some runarounds and, and that mm-hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't look near it at the moment. doesn't look fit. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got some concerns about his fitness going into the season. Um, I, look, I, I, I thought, I think if I was a hundred percent confident in his body, at this point in time, I probably would have him in purely out of necessity because I am worried about someone playing on a a small, and he he's probably the best option we have. That said, um, if if 
if the backline uh, functioned okay without him or Core was able to take, you know, the smaller player, then I don't, yeah, to, to, to the same point, I don't see where he is, where he plays in the side. The only, the roles that he has been most successful in in his career um, he played. He had a good first season playing off the half back line. He had a good season playing as a tagger, and then he had a. Then he went down back for that year when he won the Sid Barker and had a a good year. Albeit his role was pretty pretty quickly taken by others um, mm. who were just better at it. Um, and I think his year was that year where the Sid Barker. I think it was inflated a little bit by the fact he was getting a lot of kick-ins and a lot of stats. Um, mm. Not trying to deduct anything, but it wasn't our greatest mm. year either. Yeah. He, he was good defensive that year. He did play a really good game on Toby Green. So I think defensively mm. he was really good that year. We haven't seen the same defensive effort since. Uh, I liked him as a tagger. Um, that game where he played against Bont when Bont was in really hot form and kept him to something like 12 disposals. Mm. Um, I he, he seems like the type of guy who does have a pretty decent fitness base when he is at full fitness. Um, I think he could play as a stopper. I, I don't think he could play wing just purely because we've got a few other options. And um, I've got, you know, I've obviously named two wingers. I've also got a couple on the bench who could easily play wing. Mm. Uh, so I, I can't see him there. And if, 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 we were going to play him exclusively as a stopper. Mm. Uh, we'd have to take away another midfielder, and I yeah. really find it find it hard enough to really difficult. <laughs> yeah, to leave midfielders <laughs> out. So, um, yeah, I, if if he if he can't play a good lockdown small defender role, then I don't see him with a spot in this side. Wow. Yeah, Shabon. Now I don't want to get. Uh, I don't want you to get in a Twitter war with Shardy here, but um, yeah, what could uh, what could where could he possibly play? I mean, yeah, I'm, could he play a lockdown role on, on the opposition midfielder? Uh, but like Jesse said, you know, we've got uh, you know a thousand options through there. We've got a list that's just built uh, through the midfield. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. I, 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 for me, the wing. We'll get to this, but I, I think a. Uh, Pretty clear. I would think Bailey Scott and um, Dylan Stevens, depending on form, would probably take those two spots if we were going to play him there. And then you look at the midfield, and it's just stacked. And I don't see him, like Jesse mentioned, as that purebred mid. So it's a really tough call, and it's hard to to think, especially with how young we are um, and how inexperienced we are as an AFL list as a profile. How we don't play one of our co-captains that, that's there for leadership. But at the same time, I, we're talking about it now and it's just, we're finding it really hard. Um, it's very interesting. I think some players have even gone past him in the pecking order. Uh, personally, I would even consider Jackson Archer, we were talking about small defenders that can lock down, yeah. ahead of even a Luke McDonald because I don't see him as a reliable player in that one-on-one situation. So if we were to bring in someone that's, oh, you're, you're going to be playing on Kasai Pickett, for example, I would go down the, the Jackson Archer path or um, even a, a Miller Bergman path more than a McDonald path. So it's a really interesting dilemma and I'm almost certain that he'll be picked around one because it'll be a big headline if we don't select the captain for um, the first game of the year. But he might be someone that might rotate between players, which is also a positive thing for the list if we're keeping players accountable for their form. If he doesn't perform, I think that was a lot of people's frustrations that he continued to play. I'm hoping as this list builds, players are kept accountable for their form and we'll see all this change throughout the year. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. And like Jesse said, he was just running laps last week. So he's obviously still recovering from the hamstring strain. I must have, I did listen to that Kevin White today, but I, and he did mention uh, Luke McDonald, but I think he's still a fair way away from, you know, full training. I think it's well over a month away from memory. So, yeah, he, he's, uh, yeah, pushing for time uh, pretty much. Um, they, now, they did another match sim yesterday, Jesse, and I must admit I was frothing at the intercepts that Charlie Common did. Uh, I think we talked about it, and there were seven intercept marks. It's a good sign, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Look, uh, I think obviously injured a lot, but what we did get to see from him as a forward when he did play was he seems like a, a, a pretty solid mark of the ball. Um, I think the most impressive thing that we got to see from him was his attack on the man. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he applied a lot of pressure for a tall, and he, he actually is quite quick and, and, and agile for a tall. Uh, 
so I think that lends to him going down back. He 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 seems to be like a, a naturally aggressive player. He was hitting the man hard. He I the thing he was struggling with the most was that we were to put it frankly, we were a terrible team and he was a young forward having to play on an experienced mm. defender and a team who can't transition the ball. Um, but he was still getting marks. He His kicking uh, at goal wasn't fantastic at times, but his field kicking always looked really good when he got the ball up the ground. So I preferred him playing higher and then Larky playing deep. Uh, I still think he's got a lot of talent and... You know, people were writing off Robbie Tarrant and, and Ben Mackay for a long time as forwards, and I don't, I haven't put Charlie in the in the same category yet. But I think he could, yeah, he could definitely play down back because I think he's just a naturally aggressive player. He's just got to buy into it. Um, I know they gave him a little try down there at the start of last year. I don't think he had mentally bought into it. Um, well, I think he's far more, uh, far more. He's come to the conclusion it probably is the best role for him at this point. So, yeah, look, I'm excited to see what he can do. It could be, you know, it could be a rough half a season. Um, he, he, I'm sure he'll learn a lot, but, you know, he was, a, he was a pretty high draft pick. I think he's shown enough talent to be an AFL player. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, I mean, this day and age, I mean, defences go by zones more than actually playing on players. And that's what he seemed to be doing. He seemed to be floating across and in, doing a lot of intercepts, just reading the, the ball in the air. And, you know, generally the best defenders have come from the forward line. You know, even Darcy Moore, probably the greatest, you know, not the greatest, but, uh, you know, the best intercept player in the game today yeah. um, started as a forward. So, yeah, hopefully um, good signs. Yeah. And like you said, he did look pretty fit. Um, very shredded last week uh, there, Jesse. Now, Siobhan, uh, where do you like Bailey Scott? He seems to have, by all reports, uh, just been training with the back line, although he was very good on the wing last year. So where, where do you uh, like his role for this year? Yeah, that's really interesting that he's training in the back half. And I probably know why. I think he's also a naturally very good leader. And I think um, it speaks for himself, speaks for himself that he's in the leadership group. He just kind of, to me, um, is someone that leads by actions. And um, I think we don't give him enough credit for how consistently good he's been over the course of a few years now. Um, and I think he probably slots into a wing, in my opinion. I think um, he provides a lot of run and dash um, that could be used off halfback, but I also think his endurance is, is really good on a wing. And um, I'm so impressed with what Dylan Stevens is serving up so far. Mm. I know it's preseason, but I'm so excited to see him pull on the robe and wide and really give it a red hot crack out there. Um, and I think it makes sense that we have either of them on either side of the wings um, come our first home game at Marvel Stadium. That's going to be so exciting. Um, and from all reports, the way we're actually playing is that real run and gun and take the game on style. Um, and I think both of them off a wing makes sense if we're going to be um, injecting pace into the side too. Um, so personally, I see him on a wing. Um, and again, I think the, the back line's pretty stacked um, where I don't see another automatic inclusion on one of the wings. Mm, no, fair enough. Yeah, good answer there too, uh, Siobhan. Uh, we'll move up the ground now, Jess. Uh, who you got on the wings and in the centre square? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, th this is where my team, what I think they'll do and, and what I would do differs a little bit. So my midfield, I've got obviously Tristan Jerry as the ruckman, um, assume, again, assuming that he's completely fit and good to go by round one. Uh, I've got um, LDU as the, the centre. Uh, I think that's lock, lock that one in and set and forget. That's the most obvious one on the ground other than maybe Larky. Um, now, I've gone uh, Bailey Scott and Dylan Stevens as the wingman. Um, again, look, you know, Bailey Scott could play down back and then you could potentially move a Sheasel or a McCurcher up to the up to the wing. So there's, there's a lot of, or even a Fisher, there's, there's a lot of different changes we could make, but I think his best position is wing. And yeah, look, I agree. Dylan Stevens, I think is a player who will accumulate a lot of the ball for us. Um, he, he just needs to work on his finish at times. Um, but I, 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 I have him playing round one off the wing. Uh, now, as the other, so as the Rover and Rucker over in the old days, uh, I, I think that they will go Jai Simpkin as the captain. 
And I think that based on the most impressive midfielder I've seen across the practice matches, uh, that they'll go Tom Powell. Now, Ooh. yeah. Now, in terms of mine, the only change I would make there is I have George Wardlaw over Simpkin. Mm. I have Simpkin in a different spot. Now, Powell, mm. again, I, I've taken a bit of a, a gamble on my end and I've taken a bit of a gamble on their end. I'm trying to make some guesses as to what they'll do. If you look at the team across all of the practice matches, Tom Powell and Will Phillips have played in the weaker side and Lazaro's played in the stronger side. Now, that probably lends into the fact of they like something about Lazaro and I'll go into him a little bit later. Um, but I think that the most impressive midfielder, he's probably got the most possessions if you tallied them all up across all of our practice games so far, would be Tom Powell. Uh, he, mm. by reports on yesterday's uh, game, plus the one we watched, um, he seemed to be a level above those around him. Uh, he seemed to dominate the tier one midfielders on the, you know, the pro team, uh, albeit LDU was not really trying, I'll put it that way. Uh, yeah. But anyone else he seemed to go against, he seemed to be ha to be able to handle quite easy. I, I think he looks quicker. I think he looks a little bit more like his first season. Um, I, he, he seemed to bulk up a bit going into, you know, his second um, and that, that was good, but I think it probably bulked, or well, his third, I should say, but I think that um, bulked him up a little bit too much and he was a bit slower. Uh, he looks a bit quicker. He looks like he's got his hands back. Um, his kicking looks like it's it's improved. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, I'm just taking a punt on that. If they were basing it purely on the form that we've seen in those games, I think he has to start in the side. At, or at worst, he has to be he has to be named in the side as a as a um, interchange. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's all good. No, that's uh, you've hopped on a Tom Powell bandwagon, and he has been good. look. He was good last week. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give you credit for that. And uh, yeah, from more reports yesterday, he was quite good too. Um, yeah, look, yeah, there was good highlights of him, not just the one highlight. Um, there was a few highlights because gen the thing I've been critical of him is that uh, he, do he certainly does have a good highlight reel, but um, just uh, drifts far in and out of the game uh, far too much. Um, yeah, there's spells in, in games where you wouldn't even know he's playing. So he's just got to get that consistency up. Mm. And, yeah, he, he could be anything as far as, um, a, you know, a midfielder. Uh, Siobhan, what about yourself? Uh, similar to Jesse there or a bit different? No, very similar to Jesse. So I think um, Sherry is the starting ruckman. Um, but again, subject to change. We don't know how that's going to look really if Sherry um, doesn't come up for round one or I think it's probably a clear battle between him and CCJ. Um, depending on what path they go down with CCJ, I think he is a forward, um, but they could play him in the ruck. Who knows? Um, I think Davies Uniac probably is the automatic selection. Like Jesse said, him and Lucky are the two that are almost engraved into this team now. Um, I would start Simkin um, in the midfield alongside Davies Uniac. Um, and then I would also um, have... Um, uh, uh, Dylan Stevens and uh, Bailey Scott on each wing, um, and I would have uh, Harry Sheasel starting in the um, midfield. I like it. Probably where I'd have him, and then um, my bench will come later on. But I probably have Wardlaw starting on there and rotating through. This is clearly like the the biggest area of the ground where we have depth and coverage, and um, players are going to be really unlucky to miss out. Um, so. Yeah, this is probably a toss of a coin for a couple of players, but um, I really like Jesse's point about Tom Powell and we'll see how that eventuates. But there'll be a few players that will be very stiff to not play round one. Um, and I think that's probably the the chessboard um, for us this year and who plays when and people will be kept accountable, I hope, this year for their form in the midfield especially. Yeah, we've got, um, like we've got a list uh, full of midfielders up. Uh... And there's a couple of names that uh, you guys didn't mention there. And I'll go to you, Jesse. Uh, Will Phillips, is he – look, might as well uh, uh, ask now, is he on your bench at least or is he out of your team at this stage? He's, he's, he's in my side. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 in one of two different roles. So he is, he is in my side. I, I think that North will play him in a different role to what I have him in or, or as in a different – 
spot to what I have him in. I'll go into that a little bit later. But yeah, look, I do have him in the side. Again, I think he's been really impressive um, in the preseason. And I think that he adds a level of leadership um, that's probably uh, not not overly talked about, but, you know, he was brought, brought into the club to, you know, one one of the things he was brought into was because of his leadership. So I am still a massive Will Phillips fan, and I think with a consistent year, he will be a fantastic player. And I'm pretty confident of that. So, yeah, look, I've got him in the side. Um, but, yeah, obviously not starting on the field for mine. I thought you might have had him in the ruck uh, ahead of Sherry there. But, well, uh... <laughs> he, yeah, well, you know what? By the end of the first game, I might be saying we might as well just try that. So, yeah, you might say I bring back Daniel Howe. Who knows? After the first game, so. I, I don't think I know how much of a fan. <laughs> I know how much of a fan you were of Daniel Howe last year. Um, Siobhan, are you high on Charlie Lazara at all? Um, I sh- I'm going to think you probably don't have him in your best. Uh, 23, especially if you've got Sheasel up on the midfield. Um, probably uh, there's going to be limited spots available after you know, uh, your midfield. So, um, yeah, are you hired him, on him at all? Unfortunately not. I mean, I think he had a really good game against Gold Coast round 23 last year. Um, but he's just not – hasn't been consistently good for mine. I, I just think there are a few players that are ahead of him. I would have Tom Powell ahead of him. I'd probably have Phillips ahead of him. Um, another player we haven't mentioned, which we might later, is Tyron Thomas, depending on what actually happens um, in the the AFL investigation with him. I mean, I'd probably have him ahead of um, Lazaro. So I just think he's a little bit behind the pecking order. And for me, he's a bit more of a depth player than anything else. So if there was an injury or um, or form drop-off, whatever it might be, I think Lazaro would get a call-up, but um, not in the best 23 for mine as of yet. But he could come out the start of the year and dominate in the VFL and we'd all be saying, well, we've got to give him a chance to see what he can do. Um, but just hasn't been consistently good enough at AFL level yet for mine. No, that, that's fair enough. I mean, I think it's a case of, you know, we've talked about it uh, on numerous occasions. We've just got too much depth uh, and there's going to be players that are going to miss out. Like, it wouldn't surprise me Tom Powell's out of the team uh, in, in round one, uh, to be honest with you. I know his form's been quite solid, but, um, you know, if he doesn't have a you know, good practice matches against uh, Collingwood and St Kilda, then, you know, we might, uh, you know, I, I think, Jesse, you might have Simpkin, you know, another position, like you said, but uh, he might have to come back into the midfield. I think we even tried that last year for spells early in the year where we, mm. we thought, oh, we'll get Simpkin out of the midfield. But, uh, you know, before we knew, we'd put him straight back in. So, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's there's a lot of depth there, but uh, yeah, probably other areas of the ground, um, namely ruck and probably key key defensive stocks and even small forwards, we don't have much depth in at all. Uh, speaking of the forward line, we might as well go to the forward six, Jesse, and who yep. you got there? Yeah, cool. So this is an area in the ground that I think traditionally we've uh, we've had some success as as tall forwards. I still think we're struggling around the small forward side of things. So look, I've got uh, Nick Larkey. I think that's a given. Uh, Jaden Stevenson. I've got. I thought he had a very good first half of the year. He wasn't high impact in terms of not a lot of disposals, but he he he, he found a way of kicking goals. So I've got Stevo. Um, now, I have Callum Coleman-Jones in the team, and I have him as the other tall forward because I, I think we have to play two tall forwards. Um, while Larky seemed to have a successful year regardless, I think we have to play him in the side. And I, I think we have to because it also gives us an option um, as a second ruckman when, when Tristan... Is, is buggered, which he, he will be because he's not going to have the tank to do whole games. So I, I look, I have CCJ as the as the other as the second tall, uh, and I have Paul Curtis um, as the small. I have Cameron Zerha down there, and uh, I have Joy Simpkin starting on the flank. Um, I I think that Hugh Greenwood will end up in the forward line, whether or not that's CG, CGJ not playing. So I'm assuming that he will also play in the forward line, but I don't have him in my forward line. I have uh, Jai Simkin. Yeah, I've got uh, Jai Simkin as a high half forward to start yep. with. Uh, and 
like we've talked about, because we've just got uh, too many options in the midfield, so he might as well play other guys. And he, and he sort of said a few months back that he's um, that he's going to trial as a high half forward and go into in for spells uh, through the midfield. So, yeah, uh, interesting. Um, you don't have uh, young Dersma in there, or uh, no, not at this stage. No, no, I no. don't have him starting round one. So if that gives you away who's on my bench, I don't have him on my bench at the moment. I think he will get an opportunity very early in the year because while he is very, very skinny, I think we've seen in the practice games that he know he can just find goals somehow. Um, so I, I have him playing fairly early in the year. I don't think it will be round one. No, uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, no. Look, um, yeah, we've got a lot of half forwards, uh, Eddie Fords, obviously uh, going through the syndesmosis uh, situation. So he might be still a few weeks away. He'll be pushing for round one as well. So, yeah, uh, interesting that, uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about Hugh Greenwood as well. Uh, he looks like he will be playing as another, as a forward slash second ruckman. So, yeah, no, that's uh, that's going to be uh, a little bit interesting. Siobhan, um, your thoughts? Uh have you got something similar or a little bit different there? Very similar, but a couple of differences. So I think Larky, like I mentioned, just puts himself in that team. On one leg, he puts himself in that team. Yeah. Um, the guy's a genuine superstar. Um, I would also have Jaden Stevenson starting round one. I was very hot and cold on this, but I had some time to think. And I also looked back at the start of his year last year. And Jesse made a really great point in that he's not a high possession winner, um, but he will impact somehow and you'll look at the footy record at the end of the game and go oh he's kicked three goals and then you go I didn't say much of him but he impacted the game in his own way so um, I think the one thing with Jaden Stevenson is um, he is inconsistent and what I'd like to see from him this year is more consistency and he's got more pressure on his spot and hopefully that will turn him around a little bit in um, in the fact that sometimes he drifts in and out of games or we have a couple of rounds when he's played really well and then we won't hear from him. So um, that'll be an interesting kind of point throughout the year to look out for. Um, I think Helm Coleman-Jones almost writes himself into this team as well. I'm a little bit biased because I really like him as a player, um, but I think we probably have to go with a two-pronged forward line. Um, and also, good point again by Jesse, he'll need to cover Sherry in the ruck at times. But in saying that, Sherry in the forward line worries me because he's like a crane going down to pick up the ball. So that'll be funny when we kind of have to have him play in that forward half alongside Larky, but he could prove me wrong. Um, Zerha in there as well. And the key differences from what you guys have probably mentioned is I would have Eddie Ford in there and um, pending all goes well with Taron Thomas. Um, I'd probably have him in the forward line as well, um, just for a bit of class in there too. Um, I don't have Paul Curtis in the side, um, but that could change as well. I think he's another player that is a bit of an X-factor type, but if we're going to have Ford, Stevenson and Zerha, then I don't see room for Paul Curtis, but um, that could change. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, oh, I think he, he will play. Um, but, yeah. yeah, look, yeah, anything could happen, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Jesse, Zerha, yep. he's an interesting one. Trimmed up a lot. Um yep. Looks like he might have little spells in the midfield as well. Uh, do you like that? Uh, I think I might have even mentioned, uh, talked to you about this last week. Do you like that at all? Or yeah, 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 I, yeah I do. I, I do like him playing uh, pinch hitting in the midfield. I don't think he's ever going to be that Petrarca type, um, who's going to be able to, or even a Dugowie who's going to be able to play genuine long minutes in the midfield. Um, but I don't mind him going in there and pinch hitting for a little bit of time, especially when we're struggling to get the ball into the forward line. Uh, it just adds something else to the dynamic. I mean, we're going to have such a strong midfield that he's not going to be able to do it for extended periods, but I do like him pinch hitting in there. Um, I'll also just quickly mention, uh, I haven't got Taron in my side purely because of what's going on. Um, in yeah. If... if, if um, everything gets cleared and it, it will even then I have reservations, but if, if everything got cleared and in a utopic world, it somehow we knew that nothing ever happened um, and we were confident of that, then um, I have him, um, I have him in my best, best, he'd probably play in any position on the ground he wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, he is the most, 
naturally talented player we have, uh, which is a massive shame. Uh, so, look, yeah, he's definitely in my side as well, and I do agree. If he's playing up forward, I probably have him above Paul Curtis. Um, I'm just, yeah, I haven't put him in my team purely just because of what's going on. Um, but, yeah, if he does play, he, he he easily comes in above some other players. So, yeah, look, I think he's a good chance to play. And in Ford as well, I, look, I do have him later on in my team. Um, but, but that's, again, I'm just a little bit worried about the injury. Uh, I think I hounded on getting Ford into the team, I think, our first four or five podcasts last year because we weren't playing him. Uh, and then we did, and he uh, showed why he should be in the side. So I have of him in our best team, assuming he's 100% fit. Just, yeah, that syndesmosis worries me. Yeah, he's, he seems to be okay. Um, I spoke to him for, like, 30 seconds last Friday uh, before he had to start running, but he said he's uh, travelling okay with it. Uh, he's not in any real sort of pain. He just has to, you know, um, uh, take his time and be patient with it. Um which is, um, you know, which is obviously tough. But uh, Siobhan, no real genuine small for, uh, forwards from either of you. Like, um, I, I guess we don't have a Tom Papley or Charlie Cameron. I mean, there's no point playing one uh, there like a Robert Hanson or Blake Drury if they aren't good enough, um, is there, just for the sake of team fit? No, no, no unfortunately not, no. I think um, you pick your best 23 on merit, and I still think it's a position that we really need to fill in the years coming forward. I mean, we've had the ho- white hopes that this person could turn into this and whatever else, but you've got to recruit a genuine gun small forward um, and we're still yet to do that. So um, hopefully Paul Curtis turns into that person, but um, I don't think it's worth just selecting a player due to the fact that they can play a position on the ground if they're not warranting selection. Uh, it worked for Kane Turner pretty well last year, so you know, you know, you never know. So um, we'll move. Uh, we'll move forward before we get into a tank Kane Turner rant. So uh, we'll go to the interchange. Uh, Jesse, who you got there? So a- again, I-, I did have a few of the names that were mentioned, and I- I've kind of given away half of my um, my interchange. So look, I've got McCurcher on the interchange. For the exact point that, yeah, look, I think he will play heavily off the half-back line. And when he does, a Sheezel or a Fisher or even a Goda will play, will rotate up to the wing or come off to the bench. So I, I think within the first few weeks, he'll nail down a spot on that half-back line, probably over one of the other guys. Uh, he, from what I can see of him, you know, he, they've definitely put him down the, the you know, the Dacos Sheezel path. Um, and that's the role he's going to play. He's a different player to Sheasel was. Uh, he, he has more pace, probably a more accurate long kick, even though I gave him – I think I ended his career on the weekend, didn't I, mate? I, um, he, he, that kick into the wind that on his wrong foot that went out in bounds, and I think that's the first time I'd seen him live, and I was pretty flat after that, and then he proceeded, <laughs> proceeded to nail about four. So he, he, won, he won me back pretty quickly. <laughs> No, he's good. Yeah, look, so I've got him, and I think that within a few weeks he'll be starting. Um, uh, So, look, I have Eddie Ford, like I said, um, but, again, it's going to come down to just fitness. Uh, Now, in terms of mine, I have Charlie Lazaro. Now, the reason I have him is because he has played in the A-team in all of these practice matches. Now, that could just be fluff, the fact that they want to put Powell against the good – and Phillips against the better ones. Maybe they're just playing Lazaro as a handy third in there. But he he's actually played some pretty – I mean, all three of them have played some pretty solid um, preseason games. Uh, he's played pretty solid. Now, I, I think, like what was said around the Gold Coast game last year, when he got to play a whole game as a genuine mid – I think he showed some really decent signs. If if we were, I think, to be fair, half of our midfielders, if we were struggling to find midfielders, would be really good, good players. And I think any of Powell, Lazaro and Phillips, probably the, the latter two more than Lazaro, uh, if they were in any other side or a side that was struggling to have, you know, as much depth in the midfield, they would, they would play genuine in and in mid and be fantastic at it. So... Um, Look, I have him in the side because I think that they 
I think they like something about him. I think what he offers a little bit different to the other midfielders is pace. Uh, LDU has burst out, you know, burst out of the pack strength. Um, Powell and Wardlaw, well, Wardlaw has a bit of the same, but a little bit slower, but, you know, just a bit of a, he's a bull at the contest. Um, Powell looks like he is a bit of a extractor as well, especially by hand. Uh, and, and Phillips seems to just be able to get in there and then get the, get the ball out to someone around him. So I, we've got a lot of extractors and a couple who can burst out of the pack. Lazaro has genuine pace. And I think if you look at all of the people who have genuine pace in our team or the ability to run all day, be able to run against opposition, I, like I can't see a Bailey Scott or a Dylan Stevens playing in the guts. Um, while Lazaro's proven he can, I, I'm still strong on the fact that if we, if he doesn't, you know, if we don't give him another contract, he'll get a role somewhere else. And I think he'll have a good career somewhere else. Um, he, I would love him to find a role in the side. I know they've tried to play him on flanks and half back, and it hasn't really worked. Um, I, I, I still think he, he'd be worth a go as a tagger. <laughs> That's because he, because of his running ability. Um, and yeah, as I said, I think he's got some pace. So look, I've got him in my, I've got him in my on my bench. Um, my last bencher, I've got Will Phillips. Um, mm as the as the fourth as i said I, I couldn't leave him out of the side just because of his upside uh which means that my sub is hugh greenwood um in my team now as i said north uh north i had him in the forward line and that's what i think they'll do i don't have him in the i have him as the sub so that kind of probably shows where i'm at with him um so yeah yeah look i have him because <sighs> The reason I've got him as sub is if a tall gets injured, he can play tall. If a if a midfielder gets injured, he can go into the midfield. He can ruck a little bit. He can kind of do a bit of everything other than play down back. Um, and I, look, I really like Hugh Greenwood. When he plays in the side, he he's the one person who you know is going to lay a tackle other than Wardlaw. Uh, some of the others can forget sometimes that that's half the game. Um, well, he, he puts that first, the defensive element of the game. Um, the only reason I don't have him starting in the in the team, in all honesty, is because I think we have enough experience in there now with your Simkins and your LDUs that you don't need a an older, uh, experienced mid in there. Um, and if I'm being honest, we're not going to be a side who's threatening anything for at least another <laughs> three, four years. And <laughs> I don't have him in my team in three or four years, so I. It, it, I, while I'm happy to have him as a sub to come in and help them out and add some experience on the bench and get around some of the other guys. Um, and I think he's proven that he is a really good leader and they seem to really respect him. Uh, I don't have him. Yeah, I have him as my sub. I don't have him playing. No, fair enough. I mean, he, yeah, he, he can certainly uh, play a leadership role on the bench um, as well. So, yeah, no, that's that's not a bad role for him. Um, yeah, he can play a few different roles. And, yeah, look, that that will be, you know, his role this year. He, he, he does – he probably looks like he's lost even a yard or two. He's never been a quick player. But, um, yeah, look, you probably will uh, get a game every now and then. Uh, probably won't be a regular, like you said, Jesse. Might be a sub a fair, fair few times. So, you know, he probably will get uh, the odd game just based on his, uh, you know, football smarts and his, his experience and, yeah, just helping out the young fellas. Uh, Siobhan, um, who you got on your bench? I like Jesse's analysis of all of that. It's actually made me change my mind about a few things, actually. Um, so I think the clear selection for me, if he's not starting on the ground, um, it, which isn't in my team, um, clearly George Wardlaw walks into that side. Um, I just feel with George too, he'll probably be a regular starting on the bench just due to his injuries. I still keep myself awake at night thinking about his precious hamstrings. Like I'm just hoping that he can get that injury right. Um but with injuries like that, you just don't want to overload them. I mean, I'm not a sports physio or anything like that, but I think that's fairly reasonable to suggest that maybe he'll be monitored and managed throughout the year to make sure that we can get the optimum level out of him. Um, so Wardlaw walk-up start, I think, out of all the midfielders that we've got on the list, um, outside of LDU, he's probably going to turn out to be the best one, in my opinion. Um, he's just a little star already. Um, the other player that I have immediately sort of starting on the bench, if he's not playing in the side, is Tom Powell. Um, 
see if we can get him a spot in the midfield. We tried him in different positions in the last few years, and I just think um, as a purebred mid, like Jesse mentioned, he is um, the most damaging um, in his form, what he can provide the team. Um, so I would think that he would probably um, start or be on the bench to start the year. Um, I have changed my mind about Phillips. I do think he'll probably start on the bench or in the side. Um, so I initially didn't have him on the bench, but um, I've changed my mind after listening to you guys have a conversation about it. I worry for Will Phillips for this reason alone is that with his size, what's his key point of difference? So is he an elite kick? I'm not sure yet. Is he a really tough nut in terms of his tackling pressure, we don't know. Is he, What's his star quality or point of difference? Mm-hmm. That's we're still trying to find out. So I think this is the year to find out if he has that real um, element to him that we need him in the side for. I just hope he doesn't become another midfielder in the side that can come in and have 20 possessions but not really break a game open. I know you need toilers and players that can go in and under, but that part of the ground for us is not a concern. There's too many players that are, are ready and willing to take his spot. So this is the year I'm really hoping that he takes that step forward. Um, and the last player that I would have on the bench, um, I really had to think hard about. Um, but I just think there's no way they're not going to have Luke McDonald in the side come round one. So if he's not starting, he's going to be on the bench. Um, ideally, he probably wouldn't be playing, but I'm just trying to think about what North will do. I think he'll either start or be on the bench. So I would have him there, but um, the tightrope is quite thin. I think because he's a leader, he gets a game, but there are players breathing down his neck big time this year. Um, the other player that really fascinates me that I would consider having on the bench, and I ummed and art about, is Darcy Tucker. Um, he's someone that's not really mentioned, but again, brings an element of experience, can play anywhere on the ground. And I've watched enough of him to suggest that um, he can come into the side and make some sort of impact, but he plays very similar to Hugh Greenwood in some ways too. So um, I'm just not sure if it's a battle between those two, if there was another spot in the side for them. Um, I'm not sure. And I've got a funny sub. Um, I think Braden George would make a really good sub. Um, he just gives off those sort of Vibes, if he's not playing, then um, to come on the ground and make an impact if it's a tactical sub or um, if someone's injured to come onto the ground, I think he would make a really cool sub. Um, he's someone, again, that probably is going to get eased into the year. I wouldn't think that he would start round one, um, but the type of player that um, can pull a rabbit out of a hat and win you a game from what I've seen um, – and you never know, he could have one performance where he comes on as the sub and then everyone just goes, wow, and he'll play week in, week week out. So um, I'm really keen to see what he can do um, this year. I know he's still recovering from that um, arm injury, but um, another player that probably has um, untapped X factor um, that hopefully we get to have some joy in experiencing this year. I'll ask you another question about Braden George in a minute, but I'll just go to you, Jesse. Yeah. Darcy Tucker. Now, Tom Powell uh, was interviewed after uh, yesterday yeah. after the match team, and he said Darcy Tucker was a standout this preseason. Yeah. Um, good experience player, can play half back or yeah. wing. Uh, do you think he plays? Um, so look, I don't have him in my team, but I think if nor if you were betting on who North was going to have in their team in round in, in, in the first game. I think, I think he probably will. Uh, I don't have him in my team and I don't have him in my half team of who I would like, but I also think North would have. Um, I, but, but I can, I can see a world where he plays um, and where, you know, Clarko gives him a game. He has seemed to be having an impressive. My problem with Darcy Tucker is purely that I don't know how high his ceiling is. So it's probably a little bit of the while he could come in and he might play more consistently at a mediocre level mm, with a couple yeah. few good games over the kids. Uh, I just don't see him having a high ceiling. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I don't have him in my side. I think he's a great VFL player, but I yeah, I have him mm. as third tier backup behind some of the other kids. So no, I don't have him in the side. And, and just really quickly, I just wanted to touch on Will Phillips for a second. Mm. Um, so he obviously played his first year. 
played the 16 games, albeit probably 75% of them he was sub. The second year was 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 completely wiped out because of, you know, a freak bout of um, glandular fever, which knocked him around for the whole year. So last year he played 16 games. Uh, you'd have to tell me how many of those were sub. I would say probably 50%. Uh, he averaged last year 18.8 disposals a game and he averaged 3.9 clearances. So you've got to take into account that's including the fact that he was played in a team full of midfielders and he was played in a team that had um, that he was the sub a lot of those games. So if you compare that to a Luke Davies Uniac, uh, Aldi U in his second season only played the 14 games. He only had 14 disposals and he only had two and a half clearances. I'm sure if you looked up Ben Cunnington, he would be lower than mm-hmm. that. Andrew Swallow, yeah. Jai Simpkin. Um, I think any midfielder for us um, who, who, who who played a genuine midfield role, um, if you looked up their stat history, uh, I don't know if they would average 18 in their second season. I'd be struggling to find the last one who did. Um, so that that is an yeah. interesting one for me. And it's, it's not just – look, it, it isn't just the disposals. Tom Powell averaged 16 in his first and 16 in the last one, but almost no clearances. The fact that he – as I said, the fact that he had 3.9, so almost touching on four clearances a game, which is a very solid number. I mean – LDU um, wasn't averaging, you know, those numbers up until well, which year was his breakout year? It would have been oh, there we go. So clearances, yeah, yeah. So he didn't average that in three of his seasons, and it wasn't until 2021 that he averaged four plus. Um, so he had already by that point played 30 odd games. Um, so I, and the other one for me with him is that he does lay a lot of tackles. He lays 4.13 tackles a game, which is more than LDU again did until the recent one. So uh, I think I do agree his size concerns me. If you asked me what is his what is his point of difference over the others, um, he's going to have to find it. Um, but what I think it will end up being is that that no nonsense, getting it done, getting in there, getting the ball, and giving it to one of the others to just yeah. burst out of there. That's probably what I see his go-to as. Um, while you're able to use ward laws, you want smacking, smashing the pack to try and extract it, um, or getting the ball and taking off. Um, he's probably the one who's on all fours at the bottom trying to win it. Um, so that's probably what I see for him. But yeah, look, I, I'm, you know, I have some doubts as well, just purely because of the depth we have. But I do find it interesting in terms of, I, I think he actually his stats last year were a little bit, you know, uh, they probably don't show how well um, he he played. And there was definitely a batch of games in the middle of the season. I think um, there was a game against Collingwood an Essendon where he had 29 and 27. I can see that. Yeah. So there was, a, there was a little patch there and he laid like six tackles in both against, you know, decent yeah. teams where he, he played a pretty good game. So look, oh, I, again, um, that's why I have him in my side, but yeah, I thought I'd just touch on him, but yeah, going back to Darcy Tucker, he's, he's kind of not in the how category for me, mate, but he's, um, <laughs> he's, he's not offering a lot for me. Uh, or maybe in the Jared Pollack uh, category with lethal left foot. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I think Darcy Tucker, when he was at Freeman, when they were a poor team, he got a game. Yeah. And then when they uh, made their top eight, he couldn't get a game. So he's probably one of those players that yeah. gets a game yeah. in poor teams when you're struggling um, because he can play a role. You know, he's, he's nothing flashy or anything like that, but uh, he can do a role for, for the team. But once the team becomes, you know, um, probably a top eight or, or, or something to that degree, um, then he probably uh, finds himself on the outer. Because uh, you, 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 like you sort of mentioned, I don't think there's much more upside than what, it, what there is for him. And he's 28 now, so, yeah. Um, going back, uh, Siobhan, he talked about Braden George. He is playing and training with the back line at the moment. Now, you, you would have seen his junior career. 
Um, how, do you, how do you like that move for him? Because he's shown a lot of classes of forward in, in his junior uh, days and he's kicked a lot of freakish goals. But um, obviously, playing the back line is a very different role. What do you think about that? I'm happy to be proven <laughs> wrong. But do you know when you just get the sense a player is able to win you a game off their own boot? I think Braden George is that type of player. Yeah, and it's hard to win a game off your boot in the back line. So I'm not going to be the one to say, oh, Alistair Clark has made the wrong move or whoever's moved him there. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if that move was scrapped once we saw his raw ability in the forward half. Yeah. Now, he could be one of the greatest halfbacks of all time, and, I'm, and I'll be proven wrong, but his junior career was all played in the forward half. And he's that type of fella that he's like a, he's like a Zerhar in the way that he's solidly built and will push people out of the way and get that footy and kick it through the big sticks. So I just think he's a natural forward. Um, I haven't seen enough of him playing or training in the back line to make comment about that, but I don't think it will last very long. Mm. (laughs) I just think he's naturally a match winner in terms of his raw ability to know where the goals are. Um, And he won't kick 10. He has in his junior career. I think he'll be that type of player that will bob up and just do something really freakish and um, do that semi-consistently once he builds his AFL profile. Um, So, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with it, but I am. (laughs) (laughs) I think he was – they talked about him in the draft year as someone who, had he not got injured, would have gone potentially top 10. Yeah, raw ability. Yeah, they – he was kind of one that people – were a bit confused about in his draft year. Some said, you know, he could be top five. He's an absolute freak. Some said he just doesn't get enough of it. Uh, he reminds me of that. Like, I completely agree. He reminds me of that, almost that Jordan Ngoi mould up forward mm. in terms of someone who can win, to your point, win a game off their own foot. That's what he looks like, the type of player. So I think they've just gone down back to ease him into it and help him find the football just because he has been out for such a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. But I completely agree. I, I I can't see him playing in there for – again, he might prove me wrong and as well as you, but I, I think he'll end up playing forward. And, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about what he can do. Is it just the case we've got too many of those – types of forwards, Siobhan, and we thought, oh, well, he's not going to fit there, so let's just try him in the back line. Potentially. And, I mean, if you look at the success of Harry Sheasel, I remember speaking to you, Dean, and saying to you, oh, there's no way Harry Sheasel's going to play in the back line because he's an X-factor forward. And then he's laughing now because he's he's set up, well, he's a Sid Barker medalist in his first year, the rising star and brilliant sort of start to his career playing in the back half. So he will, I'm assuming, get an opportunity to play forward midfield this year more than go back into the back line. And we'll see. I mean, who can forget that game against the Swans where in a 10-minute patch, Harry Sheasel, the kid, 18 years old, was the one who brought us got back into that game with his clutch moments and um, goal kicking and all of that sort of stuff. So, um <laughs> Where was I going with that? I got all excited about Harry Sheasel there. Um, yeah, so he's, he proved everyone wrong in the fact that I thought that he wasn't going to thrive in that role and he well and truly, you know, um, proved me wrong. So it's possible that, and I think they're doing the same thing with McKercher, is that he's that purebred mid, but they're putting him in the back half so that he can, A, get a touch of the leather and, build his confidence, the ball comes to you in the back half. So I'm guessing they want the, the, them to just play their natural game. Um, and McCurch has got speed, agility and um, ball, great ball use and footy smarts that he'll be able to use off the back line. So whether or not Clarkson is thinking to himself, well, we want to get the pill in these guys' hands and as a forward or a, a midfielder, the ball necessarily doesn't come to you. That might be the theory there. And I think Sheasel is a good example of how starting their careers in that role um, builds confidence, belief, and then subsequently, once they are moved to another position, they feel like they're invincible. So it's possible that's the the path they're going down, and um, that was the prototype for why a lot of first year or players just coming into the system might be playing in that role. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's uh, makes sense. Yeah, so well, yeah, I mean, it seems to be the way. Like, uh, it's it's probably a lot easier role to play than you know uh, as a forward and trying to learn your craft there to they're playing the back line where you, 
I mean, the board generally seems to follow you and, and comes to you half the well, time. Now, so. In our team, it does. <laughs> yeah, well, when you get to about 12 inside 50s a game or something like that, then yeah, it makes sense to play in the back half and learn your craft there. Just one more name before I let you both go. Um, Liam Shields, Jesse, do you think there's a possibility that he might get a game this year as a sub or, a, or even a role? Uh, uh, yeah, no, he will. He, he Look, he'll play some games. I think he played too many last year. Um. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I thought last year, you know, if he comes in and plays six to 12, half a season max, then that's that's good. Uh, I think he played too many last year, but we were pretty bad, so we didn't really have a choice, did we? Uh, I think we've got enough wingers now. Um, look, to be fair, he played some pretty solid games last year, Liam Shields, for someone who Hawthorne just threw on the scrap heap, which is effectively what they did. Um, he, he, he played some... Um, he, he played some solid games. Uh, he played a really good defensive role. Does anyone remember who that was against? It was against Essendon Merritt. Oh, the first time yes. we played him. Yes, he completely tagged him out of the game. So, look, he, he averaged 17-ish disposals last year. He, it's not like he had a terrible year. Um, he, and he added a bit of leadership. But you'd be hoping we'll pass that now. I'd be hoping he'd be playing BFL with what kids are down there educating them and helping them. Um, he might come in for a few games. We're gonna we'll struggle at patches. The kids are gonna get tired by halfway through the year. Even with this round zero, we'll get a buy at some stage. Rubbish. Um, he he will come in and he will play games. But if he played any more than oh four or five, I'd be we, we've done something very wrong if he's played more than four or five, in my opinion. But look, yeah, great to have him around the club and great to play a role. Um, and we'll play some games, but I'd be hoping that there are younger players, especially a couple that we've brought into the team, Dylan Stevens, et cetera, who are going to play that winger role instead of him. Um, again, yeah, no, I'm not, not trying to say anything against him at all, um, but it, surely the age does catch up with him a little bit as well. That's just my take. Very interesting, Jesse. Yeah, well, go on, go on Siobhan. Um what do you think? Do you think uh, he gets uh, you know, a, a, a role this year uh, in any way or do you think he does a bit of you know, what Jesse says and just plays you know, the odd game here and there and just be a, a mentor for the kids in the reserves? For me, like I know this is a funny way to phrase it, but Liam Shields is like the elephant in the room on the list. Uh, I think he's there because of a couple of reasons. So um, he's there for depth and that's something that we – severely lack so if we had um let's hope it doesn't happen but if we sort of drop like flies with some of the other players on the list um unfortunately the cupboard's pretty bare and maybe we have to turn to Aleem Shields to fill a role um the other part is I think the list just lacks experience so um I'm hoping that it doesn't come to this and let's just hope that we act like Jesse said we have moved past it but if the season is like a sinking ship and we are getting belted very early on in the season. I still think the leadership element of the team is lacking severely. And so I would guess that if it, things are going very badly, Clarkson, the first person he would tap on the shoulder would be Liam Shields to come into that side and almost be an on-field coach. Um, and don't forget the amount of experience we've lost is significant in Zebul, Cunnington, Goldstein, um, just to name a few of those sort of club legends. Um, so he's there almost as an insurance policy, I'm guessing. Um, and he's still ca- well and truly capable. I mean, look at his time trial performance in the um, 2K and the beep test and all that. I mean, he was very high up there on the list. So he's keeping himself in good nick. But I almost hope we've moved past Liam Shields, but him still being there suggests to me that there are alarm bells in the back of people's minds that um, if things go south very quickly, um, he'd be the type of guy that would be brought in to just steady the ship um, for us um, if, yeah, if we need it. Yeah, I mean, I think like uh, Hugh Greenwood, Darcy Tucker, I think both of them might get a game early or probably both of them will get a game early. Um, just just a you know, bit of experience and to protect the kids a little bit. Um, but we're certainly hoping, you know, halfway through the year that we're going okay and that, um, you know, uh, the kids are, you know, oh, 
having their head above water and they can hold their own. It's um, yeah, we, we won't have to rely on them as much. So yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, Jesse, did you want to add anything else before I let you go? No, look, I think that's a bit it for me. I'm sure the team will change after we we well, I mean, it might not to be honest, depending how how brutal the games are against Collingwood and St Kilda. But um, yeah, look, I'm sure the chain uh, the team will change a little bit. Injuries, etc. Hopefully, no more. But it'll be you know in terms of players coming back. Um, but yeah, look, I I, I know that um, things are going to look. Grim, um, and probably the start of the year will be a little bit like that. Uh, I don't think we'll get off the get you know have the same start where we have two wins and then it falls in a heap. I think we might. I think we've got a pretty tough start to the year, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but that all said, and well, I think the building blocks are there. And while you know, while we um, while we're we're all sitting there patiently waiting for things to turn, I think we are slowly starting to see that happening. So, yeah, look, I'm, 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 I'm worried, but I am pretty excited as well. Yeah, no, and that's a good way to be. And uh, it's probably about as positive as we can be. Uh, it feels like a first year of a rebuild. Yeah, we're almost rebuilding the rebuild that was supposed to happen a few years ago. But, um, yeah, we're almost starting again now. Uh, Siobhan, any final words? Oh, it's just been great to chat to you both tonight. It's been a lot of really good insights. And um, I think what I've noticed tonight is even talking to both of you, my team changed as we were talking. So I can only imagine how hard it is for the selectors to make some of these decisions. But I think that the key thing that stands out for me when I'm looking at this team on paper is the imbalance in the team a little bit. So there are a lot of options in the midfield, some in the forward half, and then you kind of look at the back line and it's, bit grim and then you kind of scroll down and I think we still have a lot of holes to fill before we become super competitive again um, but like Jesse mentioned the building blocks are there and there are quite a few players that we can really um, look forward to watching and um, the team will change and, and I'm assuming even after the practice games it'll change and that's just um, a really exciting element to it and let's just hope that, that the team stays relatively healthy because I'd Love to watch some of these guys um, get a consistent run at it. So, um, yeah, just we're we're not too far away now, which is just super exciting, and um, oh, it's all it's all coming up pretty quick. Yeah, I think it's only uh, what three weeks till um, the that first practice match. Good. I think against St Kilda. So, yeah. well, I think is it thirty five days until the actual uh, yeah season starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that little post today. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's coming along pretty quickly. No, and that's it. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm sure we'll chat soon, probably in the next week or two. Um, hopefully there's uh, good news about Taryn Thomas and a uh, bit more good news coming forward. Um, yeah, but thanks so much for coming on and sharing your uh, version one team for 2024. No, thank you for having me. It was it was a great night talking to you both. It was, um, yeah, I think we've had some, some really good discussion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Siobhan, always a pleasure and we will chat soon. Absolutely. No, it's been really good, guys. Very thought-provoking. And, um, yeah, it's it's funny. We've got a lot of similarities but a lot of differences too. So bring on the season. So thank you very much to Jesse and Shelbourne for coming on the show and talking about their best 23 so far. I'm sure over the course of the weeks and getting closer to round one, uh, the teams will change. But uh, a lot of interesting um talk about uh, positions and where certain players might play. So that's it for this episode. Once again, thanks to all you local listeners for all the likes, retweets and comments you all put out for the show and telling your friends about the show. It really helps out. I really appreciate it. Um, if you can leave a rating and review on your favourite podcast platform you use as well, that would be awesome. So I'll be back next week. Um, I've got a couple of things lined up, so look out for those shows. Until then, uh, have a great weekend. And today, I will leave a shout out for Michael Tormey at Mick Tormey on X. Bye for now and go Ruse.